All right, folks, welcome to Nino's Corner TV. Uh, this is going to make fluff tube. I uh, I uh, read you the I told you about the rules and regulations that we have to do for fluff tube. Keep the punches high, no punches below the belt. In case of a knockdown, run to the neutral corner. No standing eight count. Told them the whole thing. Uh, folks, this is going to be a good one. This is uh, basically what I like to say, the beginning, where it all began after uh, World War II, the 50s, the 60s revolution, free love, drugs, sex, um, the Beatles. We're going to cover all of that, the music industry, the Doors, Jim Morrison, and how it all led into, what did you say, a, a giant... I guess it's always been a giant psyop into leading into today um, and how it engineered us into what engineering uh, programming society for decades to lead us to where we are right now, breaking up the family, the whole thing. But before we get started, folks, noble gold, just as King Charles III of Britain has a crown with timeless wealth of gold, you can enrich your future with the enduring value of a gold IRA. Like those precious crowns, a gold IRA doesn't tarnish over time. It shines brighter in economic turmoil, kind of like what we're in right now. Uh, it's a hedge against inflation and stability in volatile markets. This month, the first solid one-fourth ounce gold standard bullion coin ever issued with Charles III image can be yours with your qualifying gold IRA or 401k rollover of 50000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Hurry and go to noblegoldinvestments.com, folks. It's in the link below. It's in the description. It's in the description below. Hit the link. Hit the link below. All right, Mike. Everyone, I'm introducing Mike Williams, correct, Mike Williams? That's correct, David. Man, so you have a very popular channel called Sage Equay on Rumble, correct? Well, it's YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, so I've got Wow, you got a, you're on YouTube? I didn't know you were on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, yep. Well, folks, show him some love. Go to go to his channel, Sage Aquay. Man, I'm really excited about this because I'm intrigued by this. Um, I want to start off with, I guess, could we, you know, I, I know about like certain projects like Project Paperclip and things of that nature. Where can we start with this? How do we take people down the road of how society has been engineered and basically groomed through this whole time to be where we're at right now, breaking up the family? Free love, free sex, drugs, alcohol, the whole thing, ruin America. I mean, that was the objective, correct? Yeah, that's the objective. So I guess we could go back to the early 1900s, David, uh, right when we had the Industrial Revolution. And what, what folks have to understand is there is a controlling network, a controlling apparatus that runs the show. So Folks who believe that the president runs the country or a prime minister runs the country, those are just figureheads in front of the curtain. So like in The Wizard of Oz, you got to pierce the veil, look behind the curtain to see the great Oz. And going back to uh, World War I, first of all, all of the wars that are created are created by the controllers to benefit the controllers. This is something else that we have to understand. So our entire reality, everything, just about everything that we interact with from the standpoint of touch points and going shopping, buying a car, buying a house, buying land, uh, going to work, that is all controlled by them. This is their reality. They have put it in place and we operate within it. Like many people don't understand that as an example, when you buy property, you don't, you never actually own the property. 
Correct. You rent it. Take a look at the contract that you sign. That's why there's property taxes. Property taxes is a perpetual lien against the property that many people believe that they own. So as an example, if you have a house on your property and you pay your house off, try not paying your property taxes. Exactly. In most states, not only will they look to take the property, but they're going to also attempt to take your house and sell it. So I'm just pointing that out to try to put a frame around what we're talking about here. So back in the early 1900s, there was a gentleman by the name of Alistair Crowley. The Satan worshiper, correct? The, the- yeah, Alistair was a, an occultist, uh, a black magician, and he also is the founder of the religion Thelema. And as Crowley went about his ways, he was also uh, a, a British agent working with uh, the British military and intelligence during World War I. Uh, as an occultist, he was held in very high esteem by those that are in power. Without getting into a lot of great detail here, because we can do an entire show on, on what, what Crowley was all about. Do you think we could dive deeper on Nino's Corner.tv so we could do some, so we don't have to be so censored at some point? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to just, this, we won't get censored on this. This is going to be kind of like a broad brush stroke over everything. Broad brush, right. I would like to go into like segments on Nino's Corner, if you're open to it, on Nino's Corner.tv and really dive deep into this and make it a series. Yeah, yeah. We could do that. Okay. Uh, So what Crowley did, and the reason why I'm just setting it up is, He had an ideology, he had a philosophy that goes back to the Egyptian mysteries. And what we have to understand is all of this control mechanism, the people that are within it, especially the higher up the chain you go, they're occultists. The world is run by occultists. So Crowley had to find a new age, what he called the Eon of Horus, and what many people are referring to today as the Age of Aquarius. Prior to the age of Aquarius was the age of Pisces. And Crowley defined that as the age of Osiris. Now, in his teachings and his philosophy, he put forth uh, a premise that the old age is ending. The age of Pisces is ending what roughly equates to his age of Osiris and a new age is coming about. It's the age of Horus. It's the eon of Horus, the age of Aquarius. Now, because there are cultists, there's a process of alchemy in order to bring about transformation. That alchemical process says that when you move from one point, point A to point B, in this case, from one age or one eon, the eon of Horus or the age of Pisces to the eon of, excuse me, the eon of Osiris to the eon of Horus, or the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, it's not just a matter of just moving there. You have got to break down and remove everything from the previous age. Mm. You can't have any remnants of the old if you're going to bring in the new. So what we're going through, what we have been going through, especially, I put the stake in the ground uh, since 1960, but it was going on before 1960. But 1960 is when they started putting the pedal to the metal. So what they're doing is they're systematically breaking down the old structures, the traditional values, as an example, family values, going after, quote, institutionalized religions, 
in particular Christianity, because it was the most dominant. And so they're breaking it all down and they invert. They take, they, they, as an example, they'll take a lot of Christian symbolism and the peace sign. Yes. And they will invert it. That's the inverted cross broken, correct? Inverted cross. Exactly. Even today, we, but the rainbow is flipped. It's inverted. That's Ooh, all I'm going to say. That's correct. That's you're right. Because the rainbow represents the chakras within the human body. There's seven primary energy centers within the body. And the top is purple. Red is the base chakra. But it's flipped. Mm. Right? If your crown chakra, purple, is enlightenment. It's awakening. And it's turned upside down. Okay, so wow. So that's okay. so what so what we're going through is an alchemical process that the cultic elite practice and what they're putting forth in order to bring about their new age. Now, their new age is many people are going to refer to it as the new world order or the one world government, but it's going to exist with a lot fewer people. What they're looking for are people that follow their philosophy or their ideology. In other words, literalists, that's what they're looking for. They don't want anybody that's going to cut across the grain and give them any problems. So they're looking for a world where they've got their congregation and they're all a hive, a hive mind, a hive mind. Exactly. Right. A hive mind. And we see this where AI controls it all. Yes. Yes. Where the AI is nobody out. Yeah. No one to, 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 you know, give their voice their opinions everyone stands in line everyone does what they're told type of thing like drones right so well they're going to use that as the as a way to segue from the old age to the new age the ai i think once they get to their their new age uh they'll still have the technology but it'll be used in a different way because in their minds they're going to have they're going to have an uh, uh a population that's going to be bought into their tenants into their philosophy. So the, I think the, the technology at that point will be shifted over to be uh, beneficial to their needs in general versus using it as a way in which to, uh, to get rid of people, to, to, to socially transform, transform or engineer the population. Wow. Okay. So this is a whole process. Now, we've all heard about 2030. Agenda 2030, which is a checkpoint within Agenda 21. So Agenda 21 is the overall uh, transformative plan that they have in place. So I thought Agenda 21 kind of went bunk, so they kicked it to 2030. I mean, no, no, Agenda 21 is still in play. Think of Agenda 21 as the total project plan, okay. and Agenda 2030 is a checkpoint within the overall project plan. So at the 2030, there'll be Agenda 2040, 2050, 2060, mm. 70, and so on. I believe that their goal is by the time they get to the year 2100, that's their plan. That's when they believe they'll have the entire thing, the, the world transformed. So they're the patient. Government. They're very patient. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they plan not only decades, but centuries in in advance and because all of their the the people and the organizations that run the world they're bloodlined 
Okay, so they just keep passing the baton along and they, they view it as time is on their side. Mm. And that's how they do their transformative process. Because so, you would think that, you know, they would be eager to see the fruition of what they're do of what they're laying, you know, the seeds they're planting. They'd be wanting to see this. And so you're telling me that they're just so patient that they just depend on their bloodline to where they're just they understand that they need to be patient and let this let this process play out all the way to really come to the end result, which will be twenty one hundred. Yes. So we have to understand, folks, that there are two different worlds. There's the world we operate in, which I refer to as living outside the pyramid of power. So they're inside the pyramid of power. We're outside of it. Their world is inside. And the two worlds are completely different. They get different education. It's just a whole different way of life and perspective about what life and living is all about. In their minds, they are the ultimate controllers. It's them. So what do you say to people that are Christians that are watching, my audience that's watching right now, these people that are inside the pyramid, as you say, do they know the absolute truth of existence? Do they understand how the matrix works? Or is is it really a battle of good and evil? It's a battle. It is a battle of good and evil. I, it is a, it's a spiritual battle. So they don't, they don't really contain the truth then. It's not like they're keeping the truth within themselves and not sharing it because that's how they control the power. This really is an evil versus good, uh, uh, dynamic here, right? That's what's going on here. It's both, David. So okay. they know the truth about, about existence, reality. reality okay. It go, they go back to the ancient mysteries. So in the case of Alistair Crowley, he goes back to the Egyptian mysteries, but it also goes back to uh, to, to to Babylon. It goes back to the Greek and and the Romans. All of that. So th- they have all of this stuff understood. That's what I'm saying. Their world is very different. They they tell us that the mysteries and uh, the gods of mythology are all comic book types of stuff. You know, don't pay any attention to that. Those gods never really existed. That's something you go to a movie to go watch. You go to go watch Thor, as an example. Right, right. I never discounted mythology because mythology through history, going back to the ancients, this was a way that they were able to express the the true structure of reality. See, the the controllers want to put everything into the five senses. If you can't see it, feel it, it, it doesn't exist, and that's right. absolutely not true. So what they do is they keep information and truth from us. They know the truth. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, that they're using it for good. They're just keeping it from us so that we don't get any smarter and we don't have any leverage in order to really be able to fight back the way we need to fight back, even though we're making a lot of progress. I'll say that a lot of people are becoming at least aware and there are those people who are becoming It's almost like awake. me being an alcoholic is being aware of it, understanding yeah. like that's a problem, and then you can fix it. But you got to be aware of it first. Yes, you have to be aware of it first. You have to have that awareness. And from there, that's the first step on the ladder. And then you climb up the ladder and you, you get further and further down the road. You gain more and more knowledge, more and more wisdom, and you start to figure this whole thing out. So that's what they do. They keep information from us. And because they're occultists and because they go back to the ancient mysteries, um, they're also knee deep into magic, 
and ritual. See, that's the other thing. A, a lot of folks don't believe that that stuff is is real. They that's they think, that's where that's where you lose a lot of people right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, they think it's just Harry Potter stuff, but they practice ritual and occultism every single day. Every I mean, day. I, I've heard even before they put an album out, before they yes. make a movie, they put a spell on that. Yes, yes. This was and something that right there. People just look at that. And they go, oh, I, I'm turning this off. No, <laughs> this is real. No, I mean, it's look, when you try to explain to people about ritual sacrifice, they don't think that's real. If you try to talk to them uh, about uh, the trafficking, yeah. they don't think that's real. See, the problem is, is people, they disconnect from it. They go into denial. And many times it's because of the conditioning, because you've been told your entire life that that stuff doesn't really exist. And or you do know it exists, but you have cognitive dissonance. You, you just don't want to. You just don't want to deal with it. It's just an overload. It's an overload on your psyche. All, and you just turn it, it off. It could become extremely overwhelming. And then people right. just get on with their lives. It, one of the tricks of the trade that the controllers do, part of their whole cultism and their ritual and their magic and all that stuff, is to keep you busy. It's to keep you busy with inane stuff. It's to keep you distracted. It's to keep you in front of your television set. It's to keep you engaged with music. It's to keep you worshiping the lesser gods. So the lesser bread, gods bread and circus. Bread and circus, right. right. So and that's why your, athletes are paid so much money yes. because they are the Chesters. Or the yes. jesters. Is it jesters or chesters? The jesters, yes. Yeah, the jesters, yeah. But what happens is they they people worship the the uh the athletes, people worship the politicians, people worship the 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 uh the Silicon Valley icons, the so-called icons. Uh they worship their entertainers, their celebrities, they worship all of these people. So when you worship folks, what you're doing is you are disempowering yourself because you are giving up your authority. Can can I just say something here? I think now it's gotten even worse in the last five years with Instagram, TikTok, yeah. uh, you know, Facebook, because now people are into self-worship. Everyone thinks they are a celebrity. You know, yes. it started with the reality shows, and now everyone thinks they have their own reality show on their Instagram channel or on their uh, Facebook or on their TikTok. It's gotten everyone thinks they're famous, man. The narcissism is off the charts. Yeah, they're narcissists. It's a narcissistic society. That's what the... That's what the controllers have created. So social media was created by the controllers. Everything that you interact with was put in place by them. And it's all put in place to a couple of things. One is to distract you. Two, it is to dumb you down. Three, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, and all these other uh, social media uh, applications, these platforms, uh, they are data collection entities. DARPA funded, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the CIA. And uh, in fact, Facebook was funded by the CIA to get started. So whenever you're interacting on social media, what happens is all of this information is being is, is being funneled into, into the AI. And this allows them to be able to, to really get a much better understanding. They're really starting to get pinpointed now with regard to human behavior how humans will react, how they will behave given a certain set of circumstances or situations. What in all likelihood is going to happen? So the AI is going to kick out a couple of scenarios. Here's scenario A, B, or C if you do this. Which of the three scenarios is most likely? 
Well, then, you know, the AI is going to say B is probably the most likely if you set that particular plan in place. Which this makes complete sense now why Elon bought Twitter and he's allowing free so-called free speech to go on that platform because now he's getting all the data he needs. Yeah, yeah. So don't be fooled. So by eliminating the data, which they were doing, is eliminating the process of AI, is eliminating the what the potential of the of the AI that he is creating. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're saying uh, you're saying Musk is gathering up data. Is that what you're Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What he's yeah. doing is uh the 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 monster, the the the, the most monstrous data dump ever is happening right now on twitter and they're collecting everyone's data by saying yes. it's free speech and what it's doing ultimately is just collecting everything yes right yes yeah I, I had a guy on i had a guy on about seven or eight years ago used to work for google and he told me that google was scraping data every which way from sunday and not just from google products so if you were using a non-google uh, browser as an example people were thinking well i'm safe i'm not using a Google, I'm not using Chrome. And he said, wrong. He said, because anything that Google was plugged into, was attached to, was fair game in Google's mind to scrape data. Now that's going back about eight years ago, David. So think about where they've gone since. Now, now all of this, I, all of this winning against something like this, man, this is, this is the thing you can, we can win this, but people have to wake up. People have to see, people have to stop participating in all of this garbage that they're giving us. Get off of Facebook. Get off of all of these platforms. Now, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, if every once in a while you got to connect to a family member or, or something like that, although you could still give your family member a call or if they live close enough, you could drive by and actually talk to them face-to-face. That is a novel idea, right? Yeah. But um, we have to disconnect from this stuff. So part of the plan and, and part of the strategy of the control is it's – convenience it's to make things very convenient because convenience then creates the, uh, the the feeling that you don't really have to do much it's you become docile and at times people many people even become apathetic what you were talking about before about the overflow being overwhelmed by the a level of information if you become aware or awake that's what happens to some people some of them just shut down and right. then apathy sets in, right? So they, this is a, the, the plan they have in place is full spectrum dominance. That's what it's referred to. But we can break the code. And the thing is, we have to push back. We have to not, not participate in their schemes. We have to become aware when a psychological operation has been put into play. We have to learn to say, no, I'm not doing that. We have to resist. And of course, you know, for a lot of people, it's difficult because they're fearful. They're afraid something bad's going to happen to them if they push back or if they say no. But, you know, you're not going to win this by being fearful. You're going to have to push through the fear. And is there going to be some pain? Yeah, there's going to be some pain. I'm not saying this is going to be. It's not easy street. Nothing worth attaining, achieving is ever easy. It's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. So all of this scheming, all of this, this strategy, all of this social engineering, all of this social transformation emanates out of Tavistock. Before we started, you asked me about Tavistock. So Tavistock is in the business of mind control, brainwashing, and social engineering. 
It got its start back in the 1920s. It was connected into, um, and, and still is today, British military, British intelligence. And then it became the Tavistock Institute in 1947. Sigmund, Sigmund Freud was their poster child. And Tavistock's tentacles are everywhere. Um, they have uh, brought into their fold, they have adopted occultism as part of their approach and ways of doing things. Um, drugs is a big, big piece of, of well, Tavistock's. Let's, let's start with the, the beginning here. Let's, let, can, we, can we kick it off with the 50s, 60s? Yeah. And take it from there and then take my audience through this process. Yeah. So, so we have, so we had the process. I told you about uh, Alistair Crowley and he's got his Eon of Horus on the horizon and that's what they're looking for. That's how they're defining the age of Aquarius. That's how they are defining it. That's not necessarily how it's supposed to pan out. Everything they do, David, is not organic. Everything they, they do is not natural. Everything they do is engineered. Okay. So, Starting in the 1950s, um, I'll just start with 50s. We'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, Elvis as an example. Uh, they were all put in place, whether the artists knew it or not, as part of a social engineering initiative to alter the very fabric of our society and our culture. And I'm talking about worldwide. So when Elvis came onto the stage and, you know, he's, shaking on the stage with his hips and all that stuff. I mean, this was stuff, this was something that was not seen before mainstream. And, you know, we, when we look back at it now, we think, oh, that's just, you know, that wasn't that bad. But yeah, we, compared to now, but that's, that's exactly what they wanted. We're right now. And, and, and they're very, very methodical and incremental and very, very smart about how they go about this. Everything they do starts at a small point. They just can't hit everybody over the head with a hammer initially because people will wake up and they'll say, hey, wait a minute, what is that? So they start small and then they start building. It's like walking up a staircase. So we get past Elvis, we get past the 1950s and Tavistock creates the Beatles. Before you get into the Beatles, Elvis, you're saying, was part of this process? Was he, yeah. was he a CIA creation? Yeah, he was he was a Tavistock creation. Wasn't he? Wasn't he trying to change? Uh, like switch? The, wasn't he? I, I heard. Now this is a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard rumors that he was complaining about the CIA being involved in the music industry, and he started voicing out about it and ta- and speaking to people about it. He was very concerned. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I've heard those stories too. Because then that but, would make me believe that maybe he was off. Well. The, <laughs> Well, he, he could have been. Absolutely, he could have been. And uh, and that's why I said the artists are participating in their scheme, whether they know it or not, knowingly or unknowingly. So even in the case, let's just say the story about Elvis is true. And he suspects that something is up, that there are people lurking around that you know he's uncomfortable with. But he's still in the game. He's still singing. He's still doing his deal. Right. Right. So you 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 can question all you want, Elvis, but you're still marching along to what they're asking you to do. Right. Right. So this is the thing. Um, Even when people are sensing that something is off, they're still on that path. 
Many times it's because, hey, there's there's a paycheck, number one. Exactly. Yeah, there's money. There's money. It's money. Right? Money, it's money. Money is the promise, Money, fame, pussy, everything. They go for it all. Yeah, exactly. So they're going they're going to get they're going to give them what they perceive as all the pleasures of the material world. Yeah, how can you go against that? Anybody right. is gonna and, fall into it. 100%. And you're young, especially when yeah, you're young. When you're young. <laughs> right. So it's and then like I said, it led into the Beatles, and the Beatles were huge because really the Beatles were the first major music pop rock initiative that Tavistock put out there that was uh, defined to change the world, transform the world worldwide. So it wasn't Elvis, really. It was the Beatles. That was a yeah. big one. Elvis was a think of Elvis as kind of a precursor. Yeah, he started moving Beatles. his hips a little bit. But I mean, the Beatles were kind of to me like, eh. yeah, but what the Beatles did was that the Beatles brought in uh, it was a completely uh, different style of music. So what, when, the, when the Beatles are first brought in, like I mentioned before, David, what they do is they start at a basic level. So when you listen to the Beatles first album, as, as an example, please, please, you're getting basic rock and roll, right, pop right, stuff, right. right? You're thinking, all right, well, how bad can that be? But, you know, it was the clothing, it was the hair, it was during the interviews, it was the attitude. The attitude was, if you think about it, if you go back and play the old interviews, there was pushback against the establishment. There was, um, that started to come across in, in the interviews of not only the Beatles, but the Rolling Stones were also a creation of Tavistock, as well as the entire British invasion, the bands going back into the 1960s, going into the 70s, as well as all of the other genres that followed. We have we have punk rock, we have glam, metal, hard rock, techno, rap. It's all part of Tavistock's agenda because they know that each genre of music has a certain uh, runway. Shelf right, and, and, and regarding rap and hip-hop, I've met Rick Ross. Okay. And I've talked to Rick Ross uh, in, in at the fights many times. Yeah. And he told me how the CIA was completely involved in hip-hop. Absolutely. And then... And and yes, Absolutely. So the turning point for the Beatles, as far as uh, as far as their impact to social engineering, was the psychedelic era. So in 1967, which was considered referred to as the the summer of love, that's when LSD was introduced into the mainstream of society, uh, you know, full blown. It, it started with the Monterey uh, Pop Festival, which was organized by John Phillips. Uh, the guy that's playing Paul McCartney, whose real name is Billy Shears, Billy Campbell, really Billy Shepard. Paul, Paul McCartney died, or he was murdered, or uh, yeah, a, Paul, you, you think there's an actor playing McCartney right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy—I don't know anything about it. I've heard this. Yeah. So just quickly, I know we don't. I don't want to. No, uh, it's okay. I, I detour like, I'm here. So intrigued, dude. Do you have no idea? Yeah. So the guy that's playing Paul McCartney today is is not the original uh, biological Paul McCartney. Um, the original Paul McCartney was replaced. He disappeared back in 1966, late 1966. Wow. So the, the way the uh, the conspiracy goes is that uh, he was uh, killed in a car crash. But again, that's just how the conspiracy goes. Um, Do you I'm, know why they would want to take him out? Was he was he, was he seeing the truth behind the scenes and he was growing a conscience maybe? Or he, why would he be taken out? He was part of a... Um, I'll give you, based upon my research, there are going to be people who have different opinions on this thing, but based upon my research, the Beatles were a very occulted entity. And I'm not talking about the individuals themselves. 
But I'm talking about the controlling apparatus all around the Beatles. It's knee deep in Crowleyism. It's knee deep in occultism. So biological Paul McCartney in all likelihood was part of a ritual sacrifice. Wow. And in fact, for people who are interested, uh, I have nothing to do with this book. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I'm not getting any money from it or anything, but this is the book. It's the, the memoirs of Billy Shears Wow. written by Tommy C.U. Harriet. Now it's classified as historical fiction. I can tell you've been researching it. You got thumb notes, paper notes. Oh yeah. I, I've been, I've been looking at this book um, since 2016 has been a number of editions that have come out, David. Um, the person behind this book is the person that's playing the role of Paul McCartney. Wow. Okay. So wow. all I'll say is if you're interested in this conspiracy, if you're interested in the replacement of Paul McCartney, what is referred to as the Paul is dead conspiracy, I call it the McCartney conspiracy and the Beatles conspiracy. You might want to take a look at this book, but the Beatles main impact was the introduction of the psycho, uh, excuse me, the psychedelic era, the introduction of drugs into the culture. And they had a major, major impact, especially with the release of their album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And so, of course, we had a All their characters. songs really have uh, an impact in meaning, right? As a... There's always there's a there's an undertone there's a there's a there's a meaning behind each of and every one of their songs like Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds I mean they all have a meaning that are part of this agenda correct that that yeah give into this agenda right yes yeah, so like a spell what would what would you call it yeah so this is it's interesting you should ask this and you have never read this book right I just no. showed you okay. no I've never read it. <laughs> so starting uh, when Billy joined the band in late 1966. Paul allegedly died September 11th, 1966. So September 11th is a very occulted date in the occult. So when Billy took over the uh, the band, um, all of the songs during his period as a Beatle from 67 through 1970 uh, had to do with the death of Paul McCartney. And of course, many of these clues are very subliminal. So it's, it's not going to be obvious by just listening to the songs. If you buy the book, he tells you exactly what to look for in the songs uh, to pick up the uh, the death clues and the uh, uh, the the theme or the thread they have with regard to uh, biological Paul's death. Um, that goes back to what you were saying before about the occultism that is in music. So when you think about it, what's going on with the Beatles' music? From, especially from 67 through 1970, is we are getting that occultism, that thread running through the songs all the time. So people are singing them. They're being played on the radio. We have tons and tons of tribute bands today keeping that ritual alive. That's really what it is. And I know it sounds no. really crazy to a lot of folks. Folks, let me just explain. No, it doesn't. Before 2016, before I read the, the first edition of that book, I was drinking Beatle Kool-Aid, okay? I was a huge Beatle freak. I'm a songwriter, I'm a musician, and they were the basis of everything I did musically. Take a look behind me. Look at, look at the Abbey Road sign yeah, still above yeah. my head, okay? And then I woke up and I started looking into it. But the Beatles were really the foundation. They were foundational to all of the music and the genres that came forth after that. 
because as I mentioned, the Beatles were steeped in the philosophy of Aleister Crowley, his religion, Thelema, and occultism, which includes ritual, uh, ceremony, numerology, gematria, alchemy. So do you think think Elvis Presley hated the Beatles because not just because they stole his thunder, but because of this? I don't know. It's, it's, that's a good question. It's, it's possible. It's possible that Elvis knew that the Beatles were not organic. It's possible that he knew that, um, that they were a construct of Tavistock, that they were put together. I, I've done research on this, uh, where I have done two major presentations on my, on my channels. I have a Paul is dead channel. I have a, my regular Sage Equate channel, uh, where I put forth the theory that, the Beatles did not write all of their own music and they did not play on all of their own recorded tracks. Now, this turned a lot of people's worlds upside down, but I, I believe that the, the evidence that I put forth is very compelling. And what I tell my audience is you don't have to take my word for it. Watch the presentations, see if it resonates with you and then go off and go do your own research to either validate or, you know, or you think you can debunk it, you know, knock yourself out. But I've been at this a long time. So it's possible um, that, again, I'm just throwing this out there. I have no idea what Elvis was thinking or not. He may have just just said, well, you know, I know this is not real. And in Elvis's mind, perhaps he thought that he came up through the ranks more organically. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, perhaps that was, uh, you know, his, his train of thought, but I, I really don't know. But uh, music, David, and entertainment. We talk about entertainment, of course. We're talking about Hollywood, and I know you know all about you know the whole Hollywood entertainment piece of this. I mean, being in boxing, you're you're going to see a lot of stuff. I used, I'm very good friends with um, um, with um, with Vince, and uh, who, who was in the uh, in Vince Russo, uh, who was in the wrestling business. And, you know, Vince told me all about what was going on, you know, what goes on in the, uh, in the wrestling business. It's all entertainment too. Yeah. But in any case, um, music is used folks to steer you. It's, it's to, it's to give you a certain mindset. It's to get you to adopt certain morals, ethics, beliefs. It's to get you to move in a certain direction. It's to get you to, to go down a path that maybe. Because it's all done through, through frequency and vibration. And we are vibrational yes. beings. Yes. And that's and, how you program. That's how you insert. That's how you program through the vibration, correct? Very important. Yes. Uh, music, sound is extremely uh, important to human beings. So certain sounds put through music can subconsciously move you and steer you in a certain direction. Lyrics, backmasking. It's just a whole toolbox of stuff that they that they deploy in order to to social engineer and transform uh, societies and cultures. Before we move more into that, let's talk about what about Jim Morrison and because there's other groups that were 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 spawned in the in the sixties, correct? Jim yeah. Morrison, the uh, the Doors. I mean, yeah. I heard he was a CIA concoction as well. Well, his father was the admiral that was involved in the uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which kicked off the Vietnam War, okay? So uh, the Doors, uh, Zappa, a lot of people don't like to hear this. Um, 
Crosby, Stills, Nash, How about Young. Did you say who? The Doors, who else? Uh, Frank Zappa. Zappa, okay. A lot of people don't like to hear that because they, they believe that Frank was anti-establishment. Uh, now, you know, there's a lot of things that Frank Zappa said that were anti-establishment. And, uh, yeah, I've I've seen all this stuff and I have a lot of respect for some of the things that he said. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't uh, um, controlled opposition either. We have to give that a consideration. I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying we have to we have to give that consideration. We have to not shut any doors on this, folks, because what's going on today, if you can't see it, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's going to change. It's changing the very fabric of our reality and how your life and your kid's life and your grandchildren's lives are going to be. But you've got the doors. You've got uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Frank Zappa, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, you know, you've got the Beach Boys. Um, you got the Monkees. I mean, they couldn't know. all be involved, right? I mean, some of them, I mean, could they? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going to sign on that dotted line with a record company, you basically... You're there involved. were degrees of involvement, David. Right. So, right. so okay. So there were degrees. So there are those that are they're there. They're placed in certain positions because they're bloodline. As an example, this guy Billy Shears, who's plays the part of Paul McCartney, he's in the system. He's bloodlined. He's supposed to be there. Okay, he was he was identified early on in his life to be in a position, a very powerful, influential position down the line, and. He was shaped and molded to be there along the way. There are other artists that are not bloodlined, um, but they might be they might be in a secret society. So if you're in a secret society, as an example, you're a Freemason, right? And you have your oaths, which they can they call their obligations, then they're going to be developed as well because their oaths supersede and override anything else. So there's a very, very high level of confidence that they're going to stick to the game plan uh, given the positions that they're given, whether it be in bands, whether it be in entertainment, you know, celebrities, actors and stuff like that. Then you have this other tier. The other tier would be people that are not in secret societies and not bloodline. They're just folks that have some skill. They have some talent. And they're used as useful idiots. They're identified. Yeah, they're identified. They're plucked. So what happens is Tavistock keeps a a pool of resource. They've got their tentacles everywhere. And they bring people in. Hey, we can do this with that person. We we can, they, if we shape them and mold them the way we need them to be shaped and molded, appearance-wise, the type of music or their acting, whatever it may be, we can move the agenda forward. They're going to help us move the agenda forward. And these folks in all likelihood, are not even aware that they're doing this. Going back to bands for a moment, let me give you another example. There are bands that I'm sure that, were, you know, they, they were not sitting there on the on the sidelines with pom-poms rooting for the New World Order or the Illuminati, however yeah. you want to refer to the controllers, and they were putting music out. But their album covers reflected what? It reflected Illuminati and secret society symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So seeing it over and over again, over and over again. So what happens is it's, it's the packaging of the album. It's the album art. It's the way they dress. It's, it's the whole, it's just the whole theatrics. It's the presentation. That's probably how I should 
I should explain it. It's yeah. the entirety of the presentation. And you don't have to be in lockstep, but you are a participant. You're getting paid. You like the money. Hey, let's face it. Who doesn't want to be a rock star? Who doesn't want to be a famous band? I did when I was a kid. That's how yeah. I got into all this. You know, um, so th- there, there are multiple like, tiers. There's three tiers. Those are the three I just mentioned. You know, you're, you're just a very talented person and they pluck you out and then they're going to do what they do to try to shape you and, and get you to where they want you to be to do their work for them. There are those that are in secret societies, like I said, because of their oaths. Good bet, really, you know, high odds that they're going to follow through because they have their oaths. And then you have those at the very top of the the, the tier, the very top of the, the entertainment and music business who are bloodlined one way or another. And uh, they were identified very early on in their lives as being placed in very prominent positions. And this goes on everywhere. So, you know, fame and fortune in this world is, is not achieved by luck. There is a machine behind it all. And this is what I try to explain to people about the Beatles. So you don't achieve that time of that type or that level of prominence, fame, and fortune if you don't have a major league machine behind you pushing you along. To fulfill the, to fulfill the agenda. It just doesn't happen, David. I, and and right. I, I know you know this, yeah. um, but a lot of people don't know this. There's a lot of people that they buy into these stories, the stories that you're given about how these bands started and how these celebrities got started and everything else. Most, most of those stories are nonsense. You know, they're, they're, they're highly fictional and fabricated. You see, you see the actors today, actors, musicians selling out to Biden. Uh, now their sons are They're They're saying, okay, hey, look, my daughter, my son is a, is identifies as this, that, and them or whatever. And, and, and I think that's them, you know, that's them giving in the industry. I, I really believe that. Because they have to. Right. Because, because, you know, they sign on a dotted line. Now, um, we talked earlier before the show started. So they bring you in, they dangle carrots all the time. So everything that you do, if, if you want to be famous, has has got to be done because you consented to do it. They're not going yeah. to force you, but they will incent you. Free will, correct? It's free will. You can be pressured. And yes. if you fold, that's still your fault. Right, because they'll they'll dangle the carrot and they'll say, hey, look, look at all this money we've got for you. If you take the next step, on the ladder, but it's your free will that can say yes or no. So if you say no, then it's no. Then you don't get, you know, the money that they're dangling in front of you or whatever else they're they're promising that you'll have if you take it. Um, but then if you take it, then there are obligations. You, you're, I mean, you're you're essentially contractually obligated to do what they tell you to do. Otherwise you're in breach of whatever it is you signed. Look at the, the corrosion of the music industry. I mean, look at it where it's at, where it's at right now. I mean, I really thought like in the nineties, that was like, wow, this is the most twisted decade there is. I remember living through the nineties thinking, I can't, it's, it's, I know it's going to get worse. I don't see how it's going to get worse. We had, you know, uh, gangster rap come in talking about killing police and shit like that. I'm like, how does it get any worse than that? Wow. I was wrong. Look at now. I mean, look what you have now. I mean, this was a process. This yes. was a process to bring us to yeah. 
the 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 culmination of where we're at right now of uh degenerate uh deviant behavior that anything goes and if you are a conservative white christian whatever male especially you are deemed the bad the demon the epitome of a demon they look down upon you and this is all you know i really saw it kick off hard really hard was with the nwa um yeah. and and then the gangster rap and then go into the you know, you know, you had the hair bands, and then that ended with an abrupt boom. Nirvana, the '90s kickoff of of the grunge, the grunge scene, and gangster rap, and then it went into Yo MTV raps, and then now look where we're at. Right. Just think of just think of the names of the genres, David. Grunge, yeah. punk, glam. Right. David Bowie was introduced because David Bowie was the beginning of testing the waters for androgyny. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? Glam band. Queen. I mean, Queen. And Queen. Queen. Yeah. Right? Elton John. I mean, El- Elton was like the like the Liberace of rock, right? Yeah. Him and, yeah, him and right. Freddie, right? Freddie Mercury. And um, then you had the glam bands. And that was the introduction of men I, dressing up bands. as women. Oh, you yeah. mean the hair? Poison. Boom. There you go. You're right. Okay. So, so a lot of people will say like, yeah, that's just a natural process of music. You're saying absolutely not. No, no, that's not natural at all. I mean, why no. is it natural that a man would go dress up and look like a woman with big hair and makeup and go out and play guitar? Right. The, all of these genres are, are created. It's a strategy that emanates out of Tavistock. Tavistock rolls in under the committee of 300. Okay. So the committee of 300 are 300 people. They call themselves the Olympians. Okay, that's that's how much they this, think right. of themselves. Okay, right. read this book by John Coleman, The Committee of Three Hundred. This is the third edition. I think there's five editions out. The fourth and fifth are difficult to get, and if you do find them, they're expensive. He lays it all out. Uh, Coleman was an insider, used to be with British intelligence. He lays it all out. If you want to learn about Tavistock, David Estelin's book is a good book. I don't agree with everything that David has in the book, but 95 percent of what he has in here is rock solid. So just want to let people know that, you know, when I talk about this stuff, I'm just not, you know, pulling can it out we, of my can butt. Can we go into more detail on NinosCorner.tv? Can we do a series on this? I, I would love to dive deep. I'd like to get your thoughts on Michael Jackson. On, I mean, the whole thing, man. I You seem to be an expert in this field. So, Well, actually, I mean, I, my expertise is actually with the Beatles. I mean, I could talk to these a lot of these other artists and stuff like that. But I have, I have another uh, uh, colleague who can talk to a lot of this stuff. That's Mark Devlin. Um, oh, okay. So you can have me or you can have Mark. Can I get you Mark on and, together? Or Mark and I, yeah, on together. We can talk about this stuff. I would love to dive deep into this, man. I mean, I think Mark has written three books on the music industry. Do you know, so let's let's just do a little pivot real quick. Yeah. I know we're, we're coming to a close here. The movie industry, okay? Yeah. That's just as powerful, if not more powerful, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, because they use visualization and they use you, what you hear, what you know, see and hear, it becomes a reality to you. <clears throat> Just as important as the music industry. So I guess it all kicked off at about, about the same time, correct? Yeah, yeah. So Hollywood started getting into uh, into high gear with the Eon of Horus as well. So when I talk about the Eon of Horus again, folks, again, what I'm talking about is the transformation we're currently going through. We're seeing the, the destruction of the old, and that's why we're seeing all of this decadence and they're taking us into a different, this is their plan to take us into a different age, an age where it's, it's all about, it's, it's pagan based. Okay. Now I'm not, 
I, I, I don't associate with any particular religion. I'm just telling you that's where it's going. Okay. It's pagan based. Now uh, it's, you can call it Luciferianism. You can call it uh, um, Thelema, which is Crowley's religion. You could talk about it as the cult of Dionysus, the cult of Pan. Pick one. That's what it's all about. But yeah, so Hollywood, you know, same thing. I mean, they, they were moving at the same rate and pace as the music industry. Now I'm also a retired master hypnotherapist. Wow. And, and so I, I retired back last year after 12 years of private practice. Now, the reason why TV is extremely impactful, and I've actually done presentations on this, Dave, is because TV is giving you visuals and the subconscious mind loves imagery. So when you're watching television and then you've got the actor speaking or you've got some kind of narration going on, that's essentially the, the, um, the post-hypnotic suggestions. That's essentially the, the hypnotist narrating for you what's going on, what, what it is you're watching. There's no doubt that anybody who's watching this right now has seen an, a, a significant increase in the controller's agenda item. You watch just about anything on Netflix these days. It's all that. It's all there. Those elements are all there. And that's to get you to accept it. That's because you're watching it. And then they what they do is they package it Again, like I said before, it's about presentation as something that's it's good. It's you know, a uh, rainbow. It's, it's nothing. It's not anything to be concerned about. Don't be alarmed. It's just a different lifestyle, and you know. And I, I, I piss a lot of people off when I say what I'm going to say. Be careful. Going against, I want this. It's going so good for you, dude. I'm just going to say that it's cutting across the grain. It's cutting across the yeah. natural order. Right. That's all I'll say. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'll leave it there. And let me just tell you something. I'm very compassionate. I have a lot of empathy for every human being. But what we're seeing today, this is an agenda. This is not about helping these groups. These groups are being used. They're being leveraged to push an agenda forward. Because at the end of the day, what I mentioned earlier about what they're looking for by the time they get to the year 2100 is their new order with a lot less people. They're not going to care what your orientation is. Yeah. They don't that's care. How, and that's and that's how you get to a lot less people too, is by same sex. Same sex. I mean, they can't reproduce unless they adopt, right? So that's how you get it. So if you keep pushing that, pushing that, it's an end of a of a lineage. You know, well, exactly. So there's a species. There's a lot of things going on that are contributing to uh the lack of uh fertility inability to procreate uh one of it goes back to the event starting in march 2020 okay. yep. um that is a major major player i won't say anymore because i guess david wants to get right here right <laughs> exactly the, we, yes yeah. exactly you make so, hand signal that's what i do yeah and you've got you know you've got uh um the endocrine disruptors in in you know in plastics and uh all kinds of stuff in the food, the water, the air, and so on. So, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, it just seems people are going to watch this and be like, man, we're, we're doomed. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, look, what look, we do. This is horrible. We've got to. The thing is, I know it sounds horrible. It does. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't raise the awareness and make people, to, if it doesn't, if it doesn't pique their interest, then they're not going to do anything about it. So if you think what I'm saying now is not good, it's just only going to get a lot worse if you don't wake up. Right. If and, you wake- and I say this all the time to people. I'm a living example of this. 
I was a, I was a juggling extremes. I was juggling alcoholism, boxing, fighting, women, the whole thing. I mean, I was just crazy, right? And it, it yeah. wasn't until I had my self awareness, you know, that I came upon and said, you know, I, if I keep doing this, I'm gonna die, and it's it's done. I'm just over. I had to first come to the conclusion, like I had to make a change. I had to have the awareness about me to say something is wrong here. Right. That's the first step in anything is understanding that something is wrong. Then you can make a change. Then you can go forward and start changing things in your life. So I'm a living example of that. And I'm proud to say that. I, I mean, I should be gone. I'm on bonus time. I'm telling you that right now. And and I think that's what we have to do as a society. And when we yeah. start talking about things like this, when I bring you on my program, we talk about things like this. This is the initial first step, correct? Right, right. So the thing, what I tell my audience, David, is do not under any circumstances relinquish your authority. You are your own authority. So when you go outside of yourself and you give your authority to that particular politician or that person in uh, in, in government or that person in the, the NIH or these different agencies. Okay. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Like I said, to keep this uh, YouTube right. friendly. Once you do that, you have given up your authority. You have disempowered yourself because you're no longer critically thinking. You're no longer leading your own life. You've taken you your hands off your steering wheel. Don't do that. Keep your hands on the steering wheel and critically think, think for yourself. Okay. The television was put in place, folks to brainwash you. That's what the TV box, the, the TV is a hypnosis box. That's what it is. Make no television, mistake about it. Television, program. Program, that's right. And, and you know, when they have news anchors in hypnosis, we use anchoring techniques in order to embed whatever suggestions or whatever work we're doing with the client who comes in for a hypnosis session. What, what I was doing, it, I was doing it for all good stuff to get people to stop smoking, stop vaping for public speaking, self-confidence and all of that. That's what I was doing it for. But those same techniques can be used for nefarious reasons. But I tell, what I tell people in my audience, David is it's all about intent. You know, this is bad. That's bad. This symbol's bad. That symbol's bad. No, 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 no. It's not the symbols. It's the, the intent. It's the intention. intention behind it. Right, just like uh, that that uh, scientist, uh, the Japanese scientist with water, right? Yes, I mean, that it's all about intention that that changes the molecular structure of water. Yes, correct. That's, I mean, that's, that's, we are right. we are water beings. We're vibrational beings made of water, and it is intent. And if right. you put love on a bottle and have that intent on the bottle, it changes the molecular structure of the water. If you put hatred or whatever on the bottle and put that intent on the bottle, it corrodes. That's right. We are the same. That's right, and. That's what they try to do. See, they, they, the controllers constantly bombard you with fear. That's why you got to shut the television off, shut the TV off. I don't watch it. By being in fear all the time, what's happening is exactly what David is saying. Your, your internal being becomes corrupted. And then your mind is in a very bad place. You're taught, you're worrying all the time. You're stressing, you're fearful. It, you were not born into this life to live a life like that. That's being imposed upon you. It's a battle of will. It's their will versus your will. But, but Mike, I mean, to fight this fight against these, this, this power at B, we have to, I, I live in, I'm in high adrenaline all day long doing these programs, putting the word out there, getting the truth out there. 
I, I, even when I was boxing, I was terrified every day. I mean, I was going into the ring, fighting the best guys in the gym, you know, sparring with the top 10 heavyweights of the world and all the time. I was always in a state of fear. And I, and I am now with these programs that I'm putting out, I'm like, and I had this adrenaline going. So it is a kind of like a state of fear, but I feel like I had to be in that state to, to continue this fight. I can't ignore it. I can't sit back and do nothing. So what do you have to say about that? Like, I have to be immersed in this to fight this fight and get yeah. the word out there. But the, I mean, so what do you say about that? I mean, what do I do? Just not do it and just listen to happy music all the time. No, no. Yeah. No, what no, do no. I what do? I'm, what I'm saying is that uh, you have to push through the fear. There's always going to be a bit of fear. What, what I would love for people to do is see, look, when I speak or when David speaks, don't a lot of people look at it and they take it as entertainment. I call it conspiratainment. They listen to it. And then as soon as the show is off, they're out doing stuff that, you know, that contributes right. to the enablement of the agenda, right? Now, let's, let's just face it, folks, right? Be honest with yourself. This is what goes on. So what we really need to do is more voices, more websites, more blogs, more podcasts, more research. People need to speak up. People need to step out of the shadows. Stop being afraid. And, you know, it's, it is uncomfortable to put yourself out there. It, it is. Uh, because as soon as you do, especially when you reach a certain level of, of notoriety, in other words, a certain level of reach, the clowns come out, the trolls come out. Right? And, and a lot of that is controlled. It's, it, they're coming at you for, you know, because you, you become a target and they try to disrupt whatever it is you're trying to do or the, the message you're trying to get out. But the thing is, like I said, when you stand in your own authority, are there moments when you're going to be fearful? Yeah. But you know what? You got to push through the fear and you have to say, what kind of life do I want to live? Do I want to live in their system? A system of 15 minute cities eating bugs? I'll own nothing and I'll be happy. <laughs> That's not what I want. It's not what I want for my children. It's not what I want for it's my It's the end of humanity. It's the total enslavement and bondage of humanity. Right. If we don't fight this war now, it is the end of us. This is it forever, folks. This is not, oh, a few years, it's going to be bad. No, this is it. They own us. They got us, right? Right. Well, and the thing was, I believe, David, that voices like yours and others that are doing this work were key in in creating, throwing a okay? Right. Right. I believe they wanted that to go a lot quicker. I that, They wanted a slam dunk. That's what they wanted. And move on to the next agenda item. And it didn't happen. And a lot of information came out. And it jammed them up. And it sent They're them behind back. schedule from what I understand. They are. They are. And it sent them back to the to the uh, the drawing board. Now, here's the thing. They're not just going to go lie down and go away. They're going to go back to the drawing board. And they're going to come back with a revamped plan. And what we were talking about before with the, the, uh, the AI constantly being fed, right? So, and it's up to us to, to continue. We don't give up either. We just keep fighting them and fighting them until we're able to turn the corner. You know, somebody wants to ask me, why is it that evil uh, dominates? You know, because good people do nothing. It's because, like yeah, it. right. Good people. And the thing is, evil knows no boundaries, whereas good does. There is a certain boundary where you and i would say we're not going to do that evil doesn't think that way evil's like i don't i don't have boundaries 
Uh, I mean, every time I got in the ring and I had to justify ripping someone's head off, I was just like, this is for the greater good. That's <laughs> <laughs> greater good. Yeah. I don't know. You got to think like a wolf. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, I do. I mean, your record was quite impressive, by the way. I took a look you. at how many. Yeah. You, I you was have... 36 and 0 at my peak. I was 36 and 0, 34 knockouts, 24 in the first, 25 in the first round. And that that's a record, right? How many? The 25 in the first round? Yeah. Nobody's I, nobody, ever done nobody's that. Nobody's beat that. Nobody's beat that. I don't know how I did that. I was just relentless. I, I don't know. I just had great power and speed at both hands. I, I followed boxing going way back with uh, Ali Frazier. Kenny Norton, George Foreman. Oh, I love all of them. Mike Quarry. Remember Mike Quarry? Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, mean, I knew of you. Then I, I took a closer look and, uh, yeah, quite impressive. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. I miss it. I mean, I look at my belts every day and I think to myself, where did that guy go? Oh, that, you a, know what? That was a, that's, a, that's a phase of your life, David. You did it. Yeah. You were successful. And then life changes, different opportunities present themselves. And here you are today doing, I just, I think about working out and getting in the gym and I get, I just tired of thinking about it. I just get exhausted even thinking about it. I'm like, man, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. My back hurts. My knees hurt. My legs hurt. My feet hurt. My hands hurt. It's like, yeah, just time to move on. You know, it's, it's, it's a brief moment in time, but man, I felt like Superman. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) But, well, like um, I said, a diff- different phase of your life now. And yeah. uh, it's the same thing with me. I had different phases of my life. And here I am today, you know, so. This is the most important. This is very important. This is stepping out of the matrix. This is stepping out of the the virtual reality that they, they fed everybody and trying to get us back. This is all of that. Everything you went through led to this. Everything yeah. I went through led to this. And That's right. We doing, and here we are broadcasting it to the world. I was in the corporate world for 32 years, David, and people say, well, Mike, you you know, did did you think that you wasted your time there? No, I didn't waste my time there. It was foundational to what I'm doing today. If I didn't work in the corporate world for 32 years, then I would have no idea about what the corporate world was really about and how it plays into everything that's going on today. Correct. Yeah, I exactly. So you were, it's almost like you were a student of it to know what you're, so for everything that you're telling me and my audience today, the culmination of all that it, it's it's it was a process of learning right and, and even though i felt like uh like an abused stepchild in boxing you know like with the promo i mean in the, in the thick of it with terrible managers promoters uh you know it's it, it's it's horrible but uh it gave me an education that no other person can have it's yeah. it's an amazing education and now i'm trying to take my wits and everything that i've learned through my career and help people with with shows like this. Yeah. No, it's a good thing that you're doing. And you have a lot of subscribers, right? 250 something thousand subscribers. 66 right now. It's moving up, but I mean, it's because I'm staying very careful. I could have more if I was just to go balls out on YouTube, but I have to play it safe. And, you know, but I think the main thing is I keep the town hall and I, and uh, the town square and I am able to funnel people to different directions, you know, to get more information. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm playing their game. But I'm beating them at their game. Well, yeah, to a degree, you play their game because they are still the largest video platform available. Right. This right. is where people go, right? I've been trying to get people to go to my other platforms for years. They just don't go. Shoot. They just don't go. They sit here in front of YouTube. So what I ended up doing was I would take certain shows and I would edit them and make them YouTube friendly. I would call it the YouTube edition. Yes. And then I would say, hey, if you if you want the full show, 
go over here. See the link in the right, description. And that's what I'm going to do this. This is going to get edited. They're going to have to. But it'll be on Corner.tv and later on Rumble. But the edited version will be on YouTube. I'm surprised you have a channel on YouTube. Yeah, I do. But I, I had a lot of, you know, there was a lot of videos that were taken down. I mean, they were taking videos down. Like last month, they took a video down that was up for seven or eight years. Jeez. Yeah, what, what were you what was, that, what was that video? Oh, I don't, I don't even remember. I was talking about, I think it mentioned, um, I, I can't even say it. it. It mentioned what happened in 2001 in Manhattan. Oh, geez. Yeah. Can you imagine? I still kind of talk about that openly. So <laughs> That was 20-something years ago. Yeah. And, and YouTube yanked it and said that, you know, it, it violated their community guidelines. Wow. It's hate speech. That's what they call it, hate speech. Yeah. Well, let me get this up on YouTube, and I'm going to put this on Nino's Corner.tv and Rumble as well, so all three platforms. Um, yeah, good. Yeah. Is the full version going to be on Rumble? Is that what you're going to do? I'm, I'm going to put the edited version first on YouTube, Yeah, and then I'll put the full version on Nino's Corner.tv and Rumble. Later, Rumble. Rumble's like a couple of weeks down the line. Okay. Okay? All right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, Mike. Let's let's get on for some more of these. Uh, Absolutely, David. Yeah, we could talk about a lot more. This I really appreciate. Yeah, Beth, thank you for connecting us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. God bless right, you. Bye-bye. Where can people find you? Oh yeah, just go to my 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 hub website. It's Sage of Quay. S A G E O F Q U A Y. Sageofquay dot com. It's a hub site, so all of my links to my different platforms, my music, and all that stuff. It's all there. It's one stop shop. Cool. All right, Mike, take care of yourself. All right, David. Bye-bye now.